Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews. Give me five. Martell. And I'm Louis Figaro. And welcome to a bonus episode of the Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews Podcast. On this episode, we are joined by a first-time guest co-pilot, Susan Murphy. Susan, welcome to the R4 Podcast. Thanks so much, Aaron. Thank you, Lou. I am thrilled to be here. We're very happy to have you here. Cool. Welcome. So you two are cousins? We are. All right. I I mean, we're cousins. I don't know what to, you know, to what degree, right? (laughs) But... We're cousins. We were pals growing up. Now, I'm not, I'm not supposed to ask your age, but are you like in the same ranges as we are? Zach. 
yeah, we could be twins. Very nice. Yeah. Did you yeah. guys like grow up together or? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is part of an ongoing feature we're calling Gimme Five, in which each person gives a top five list about a particular topic, as well as engaging in a general discussion about the topic. For this episode, each of us is going to give our top five albums by Elton John. So Susan, you're our guest. So let's start with you. What's your history with Elton John and why is he an important artist to you? Well, that's like, you know, asking me uh, about my DNA in a way. <laughs> I guess I started my mania. I was going to say my relationship with Elton John, but my mania with him I had to be five. I remember, well, no, you know, it, it had to be my father won an album at a, a, a boardwalk stand, stand and it was a Honky Chateau. So he was in my consciousness, but I remember being in my kindergarten friend's mother's kitchen and hearing Crocodile Rock for, coming from like the transistor radio on top of the refrigerator. I swear to God. And I just stopped. And I think that was the beginning of a serious fanaticism that lasted at least through my maybe 77 or so. Um, and I think at that point, Elton kind of took a different turn. And so did I. And I got into a whole other whole other world of music. You know, he never goes far away. So here I am again with my my Ticketmaster alerts for the, <laughs> you know, the the farewell tour I've I've already gone, but he's been major in my life, particularly those early early years. Excellent. Early years for me, I mean, it's you know my my kind of musical development years. Sure, of course, and that's important. Lou, how about you? I'm coming into Elton just about the same time as Susan. Um, it must have been around you know, 74 actually, cause it was caribou. That was the first memory I have of hearing Elton John was, uh, sitting on my uncle Mike's bed, uh, with his girlfriend, Gail at the time, who's now my aunt Gail singing the bitches back. And it was kind of cool that they were letting me say bitch. It wasn't so cool. A couple of days later when I sang that same song to a friend's mother while I was over a friend's house and she didn't think it was so cool. <laughs> and then a phone call to my mother happened and well, you can imagine what happened. So anyway, yeah, I'm, that that's really where I'm coming in with Elton is I just love the guy up to a, a certain point in his career. So I guess I have a similar story too. Uh, on the podcast, we've only done one Elton album and it was a solo show I did way back years ago. But on that episode, I said that Elton John was the first musical artist I became a fan of, where like I knew the music I was hearing was made by him, and I loved it. And it came from my mother. She had a bunch of Elton records and played them, so I heard it quite frequently. And I'm really young. We're talking two, three years old, the early 70s, right? He's just breaking big. And for me, he was kind of the perfect storm of combining hooky pop rock music with a unique visual presence that I was drawn to. It's kind of like what you were saying, Lou. And he was something to look at, right? All the wild costumes and the crazy glasses. You know, he had the glam rock trappings without, I, I would say, without the androgyny that his contemporaries, you know, like Bowie and the glam glitter rock bands were doing. He was kind of winking. It was like showmanship. It wasn't quite as provocative at the time. 
And then plus some of his records, like Lou said, they came with the booklets and extra stuff that I could look at while I listened to the music. And that kind of spurred my young imagination too. So by the time of Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, so this is 73, my mother took notice of my interest in Elton and she always enabled me in my interest. So if an Elton song came on the radio, she'd call my attention to it. Or if he made a television appearance, she would let me stay up and watch it. Uh, a couple of years later, he was the first poster I had on my wall. It was him as the pinball wizard from the Tommy movie. Death, I'm a blind Now, I liked a lot of other music my parents played at the time, too, but Elton was my guy until 76 when I discovered Kiss and then every ch everything changed. That's a whole other story. I've covered that many times on the, on the podcast. But over the years, I mean, hell, the decades, I still remained a fan. I got most of his records as they came out through the 80s, 90s, and the aughts, and by then, the music we were kind of alluding to became much more spotty. But... Right up until today, he's still very important to me. He's a top 10 favorite artist of mine. He's an icon, and I will always love his music. So before we dive into our top five lists, we're going to throw out a couple of honorable mentions to records by Elton that we both that we all dig and want to draw our attention to that are not part of our list. So Susan, let's start with you. What you got, Do you have a couple of records you want to throw out there? Sure. Um, you know, my top five, I have to admit, go back to those early years, you know, between 1970 and 75. Um, in fact, I, I did a show of my own. I performed a show of Elton song, Elton Bernie songs from that period. So I'm going to, my first song. Before what? Were you playing piano and singing? I, I was singing. Yeah. Cool. Singing. Yeah. Very cool. And I, you know, I had a, a, a I did it twice at this club in the city. I had a third date and it was right smack at the beginning of the pandemic lockdown. So I have to reschedule that, but I'll let you guys know when it happens. Uh, one of my honorable mentions, I'm gonna pluck from out of that period. And it's, uh, it's actually one of the more recent albums and it is Union the album that Elton did with the great, great, great Leon Russell. Shoulder to shoulder, side by side. Gone to Shiloh, hope springs eternal home. When flags and bullets start to fly. I mean, what can you say? It feels very much like a throwback to those early years, both in style as well as in musical influence and in spirit. Um, I think some of the songs are stellar. Gone to Shiloh, I think, is a yes. you know, uh, just a, a hauntingly beautiful song. Um, some of that, you know, the real rockers, the soul of it, and of course, Leon and Elton playing, I, I mean, you know, so that's definitely an honorable mention. Did you guys, how'd you guys feel about that album? When it first came out, I heard it. And I mean, to tell you the truth, by the the point that uh, just the, the frame of mind I was in, I really have to revisit that album because I don't think I've, I've ever given it the attention that it really deserves. 
I listened to it once or twice. And like I said, my where my headspace was at at that time, it wasn't really for me. But it does, you know, that's not to say that I'm not going to love it tomorrow, but I just haven't given it the time. And I'm embarrassed to say that I, I'm in the same boat. I've only listened to it, I think, once or twice. Uh, my dad was a big Leon Russell fan, and I knew that Elton, he was a big influence for Elton. So I know, I know that Elton was thrilled to do that record with him. And uh, when it came out, I gave it a cursory listen. I never bought it. So that's another one where I, I, I just don't, I don't have the, I haven't listened to it enough, but I... You know, based on your recommendation, I definitely have to go back and check it out now for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's definitely a revisiting of his roots, I think. Does it compare to those early albums? No. I mean, you know, it just, not for me, it doesn't. But, but it's good enough for me to have wasted an honorable mention on it. Oh, Very no, good. I'm definitely, no. I'm going to take heed of that. And yeah, I will too. And give it a good listen. My first honorable mention is going to be 11, 17, 70. Mm. Who walked me down to church when I'm 60 years of age? When the ragged dog they gave me has been 10 years in the grave my two honorable mentions are are both live albums it's it's better than saying that i like greatest hits volume two better than volume <laughs> one everything on those albums are great but what i like in a greatest hits album is when he's doing them live or when anyone's doing them live and that album is just phenomenal that was actually I heard the a very close, if not the exact same set list as the famous Troubadour performance. It, and I think that was a couple of months before in August where this one was in uh, November. But really shows the tightness of that band and uh, that he had his touring band, D. Murray and, and Nigel Olsen. But you can also really tell what a badass musician he was. And uh, everybody was expecting this singer-songwriter kind of thing with, with him when he came out. Because I guess your song, and he comes out and he's in full-fledged rock star mode where he's doing handstands on the piano and uh, walking around on it and you know getting everybody to, to, to get up off their feet. Uh, the 20-minute burn down the mission at the end of the album ah. is worth the price of admission alone. I mean, he's... He's jamming the Beatles in there. He's he's jamming. It's just a, a phenomenal showman, and it really kind of proves that he was the real deal even before he was the real deal. Yeah. Well, you gave that to me for homework because I hadn't listened to that yet. So I was I, very surprised. Yeah, yeah. So I did listen to it, um, and everything you said is true. It's, it's great. I, I don't like their cover of Honky Tonk Women. That one didn't stick with me. I, I just don't think uh, this. You need that Stonesy swagger, and you need the guitars. Other than that, it's it's a phenomenal performance for sure. And you're right. I mean, Elton's very good at having just... He's so good, he can just play piano and sing, and you're right. completely engaged with him. 
But even with that spare backing, it sounds full. You said he's rocking the joint with a piano, a bass, and drums, and him singing. It's a pretty, pretty remarkable performance, I think. And he's also recreating or or uh, reimagining orchestral arrangements, like sixty years on. You know. Um, oh yeah, converting it to a three piece. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he and- took. This amazingly complex arrangement from his it, his second album, really, but his you know the Elton John album, and he he's doing it with piano, bass, and drums, insane, and it loses nothing. It does lose. As a matter of fact, I prefer this version to the um, the one from uh, the Australia um, the Australian Symphony, yeah, which is a, an excellent album in its own right. That's an album I do have, and I enjoy that very much. Yeah. Yeah, but I prefer this version of Sixty Years On to that one, and that's mm. an incredible version as well. So my first honorable mention, I, I took picked two studio albums. I kind of like you, Susan. I wanted to get away from because my top five is all in that seventies, you know, the, the 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 heyday period. I mean, let's let's face it, that's that's the best Elton stuff. So I I wanted to get out of that period. So my first pick is from my favorite Elton album of the eighties. It's Too Low for Zero from nineteen eighty three. Um, I guess it was kind of viewed as his comeback, right? Or was this his first one after rehab, or something like that? I don't, I don't know, but it, it, it was viewed as a big comeback for him. It's got uh, a couple of big hits on that, you know. It's got "I'm Still Standing," which everyone knows. Um, "Kiss the Bride" was hit. I guess that's what that's why they call it the blues. And it's a relatively solid album all the way through. Um, uh, "Cold as Christmas" it leads it off. It's pretty good. "One More Arrow" is just him and piano, very spare. It sounds really good. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say it compares to the 70s material. It, it doesn't. It just doesn't. But I think it's uh, it's worthy to stand next to it, I guess is my opinion on that. I had already checked out by that point. Yeah. Um, Jump Up was, that was about three or four albums into his, as a matter of fact, it's five or six albums before I, uh, that I lost interest. I think A Single Man was the first one that I was like, all right, this isn't yeah. the Elton that I know and love or enjoy yeah. even. And um, that makes then sense. I, then I found, you know, I was I was heavily into Kiss by that point. And, you know, I found all of these other bands in 79 and 80. Punk was starting to really develop. Uh, and, you know, I kind of turned my back on him, which I feel bad for after a time. But he kind of went more top 40 commercial and uh it wasn't it wasn't about the elton john band anymore it was about elton john which is really why i lost interest in alice cooper as well because it wasn't that band anymore it was the welcome to my nightmare and 
it it, it just wasn't the same Alice either. Agreed. So that's, I still that's, I still remained a fan though. I or I remained a fan of Alice and Elton. I guess because he has such a uh, a hold of my childhood, I always whenever he put out a new record, almost I almost always got it just because I I wanted. Does he still have it? You know, and, and this period is was rough. The eighties were rough for him. Yeah. I mean, you could even yeah, say I kept it. checking back in again, but then I was just disappointed again. And, you know, yeah. I don't want to go on with you like that. Yeah, I mean, he was, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, he's a million, a billion selling artist. Yeah. Uh, you know, even to the point where he kind of went the way of, you know, where he was very theater and then he was doing all the, the sound, the Disney soundtracks and things. I mean, right. you know, he's, the, the guy's got gold written all over him. But uh, at that point, it just wasn't my cup of tea. Yeah. Susan, you're familiar with Too Low for Zero? I am. I am. And again, it, it came after that spate of albums that um, I think he, you know, here I am speaking for him, but it seemed <laughs> like he made, I mean, we do that all the time. Yeah, we do. <laughs> so what Elton really felt at that moment. <laughs> you know. um, but, but I mean, it's pretty clear he, uh, he took a, a, the space away from, writing with Bernie. Um, you know, I can't say that there are songs within that period and beyond that I don't like, but there's never been an album that I can embrace in quite the same way as prior. Uh, so, you know, I, I did know uh, Too Low for Zero. I, I quite liked Cold, uh, Cold as Christmas, you know. In the beast we made while the frost in the summertime And I call the kids on the telephone um, I think it was kind of his return to Bernie, wasn't it? Yes. I think that that his full, was... His full return to Bernie, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. At least it was ballyhooed that way. Yeah, You know, yeah. Elton's and, back, he's got Bernie with him, and yeah. Right, yeah. right. And so I think that that was the kind of uh, comeback quality to it. Um, you know, there, it's the same thing that there were, there was a song or two on jump up that were interesting. Um, the Fox had some, had like a pretty song in there and, but nothing compared. Right. Nothing. Second honorable mention, Susan. Oof. I, I, now I'm going to go back to the, uh, you know, the first half of the seventies to pick five out of that whole period. Um, <laughs> You know, and then to have to whittle that down to an honorable mention. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. I mean, it's a crapshoot, honestly. It's sort of like I can, you know, close my eyes and, and point. Yeah. Um, what was I suspect our lists on... are going to have some overlap for sure. Oh, I, I, I would think so, yeah. Six on your list, yeah. then. Yeah. Six on my list. <laughs> Again. One had the shootout with the other ones. You know? <laughs> oh. Well, you know what? I... I'm going to I'm going to shock you I think in putting this here. Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Get out. Wow. Yes, and and I did that on purpose. I'm going to tell you why. Because my top 5, I mean it's so hard for me to to choose. And then I had to think, all right, if I if I literally were, you know, being sent away to a, an island, what would I bring with me? <laughs> Well, 
it's it's of course in the top five, but I'm going to put it in a six because <laughs> I can. That's right. It's hypothetical. Yeah. All right. Because first of all, it's legendary. It's iconic. Um, you can't say enough about how masterful it is. And so I won't. There you go. All right. I'm going to put off talking about that. That's going to come later on for me, for sure. I, I, I don't know about you, Lou, but if you want to talk about Goodbye Hubbock Road now. but it, It's up there. Yeah, yeah. It, it's on the cork board. <laughs> How about your second honorable mention? I'm going to go with Live from Moscow, 1979. Mm. That one, um, I got it at a record store day a couple of years, a few years ago, and I was I was lucky enough to to be able to score a copy. It's cl- it's on it's a double clear vinyl set. Um, it's got all. It's like a greatest hits album again. Daniel, Skyline Pigeon, Take Me to the Pilot, Rocket Man, Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, Candle in the Wind, Heard It Through the Grapevine cover. It's an 11 minute, 11 minute, 50 second, Heard It Through the Grapevine with just his piano and Ray Cooper banging on things. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and that's just side one. I mean, you know, that's just disc one. Disc two's got Funeral for a Friend. How the hell does he do Funeral for a Friend as an acapella, you know, <laughs> a, a, you know, with just, just a piano and Ray? But he does. He does tonight. Better off dead. Mm. Benny and the Jets. Sorry seems to be the hardest word. Still not in my top five. But I tell you what I do like about this record is if you're a musician, it's like music minus three. If you're a drummer, you could play drums to it. If you're a guitar player, you could play guitar to it. And it sounds like you're in Elton's band. Well, you know, (laughs) in your head anyway. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's 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 great to practice to. It's it's just a, a really good I. I learned that by mistake. I had a drum set in my studio for a little while and, and um, I just got behind it and I started playing to an Elton album. And it's like, well, shit, I'm Nigel Olsen, you know? And then that little <laughs> voice in my said, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there you go. He did a few tours with Ray, just him and Ray Cooper, right? Did he? I, I don't know. I would have definitely seen it, but that was. It, it, yeah. It, I know my mom did. She saw one. She saw a show with him and, with just him and Ray Cooper. She wow. said it was incredible. Probably very much what uh, you're describing. Yeah. yeah. He did that um, that uh, TV special for the BBC from Edinburgh, I think. I think it was 76 about um, with Ray in incredible voice as he was in that Moscow tour, on that Moscow tour. I mean, he was singing his ass off as well as playing his ass off. But, you know, just really in great voice. All right. So my second honorable mention is it's from the 2000s. Actually, it's from 2001. It's called Songs from the West Coast. Mm. And this one, to me, of all the albums post 70s, this is the one I feel has the closest vibe or feel to the 70s Elton of any other record he's ever done You know, since then. 
Um, it's got uh, the, the hits off it are, you know, this train, don't st uh, stop there anymore. The you may not believe it, but I don't believe in miracles anymore. And when I think about it, I don't believe I ever did for sure. I want love. But it's it has a lot of solid deep tracks too, and there's there's a feel, there's a vibe to it. I think this was kind of thought that way too. Like critically, they they said it's oh yeah, this is kind of a throwback, and it really does kind of feel that way to me. Very very solid record. He's again he does a variety of musical styles like he used to do in the seventies. So uh, yeah, songs from the West Coast. That's going to be my second honorable mention. I don't know if either of you are familiar with that one. I've never even heard that one. I, you know, I had it for five minutes. I lent it to somebody and they never gave it back. Yep. It's yep. Well, it was good enough to steal from you. So yeah. it might be good enough to listen to. It's, so, yeah, I, it's a strong recommendation. Again, it, is it as good as the 70s material? No, it's not. But you'll hear it and you'll go, oh yeah, all right. He's, he's, he's trying to catch the vibe again and he semi-succeeds. So it's a very listenable album all the way through. So I strongly recommend that record. All right. All right, now it's time to move on to Gimme Five. We're going to give our top five Elton John albums of all time. We're going to start with Susan. What is your number five Elton John record? All right. Again, virtually impossible. <laughs> and uh, I'm going with Blue Moves here. I think it's a, a, a musically ambitious, obviously, and sweeping album. Love that double album thing, of course. Um, and yet it's soulful. I mean, shoulder holster, it, you know, Cage the Songbird, a gorgeous ballad with, you know, David Crosby and Graham Nash backing up. And you can cage the songbird, but you can make the sing. And you can trap the free bird, but you have to clip her wings. Cause she'll soar like a hawk. When she flies, but she'll die like an eagle. When she dies. Uh, Boogie Pilgrim is beyond. <laughs> uh, Boogie Pilgrim. You know, I think it's really authentic. And and it's, of course, you know, it's got these James, New James Newton Howard arrangements and, uh, you know, and it's just a really interesting mix. Um, maybe not on a lot of people's top five, but I would bring it with me to that desert. Very good. Lou, what do you um, think about that? That was the last of the great Elton records for me. Absolutely. Mm. It was disjointed. It was confusing but it was listenable to me when it first came out. 
and it's become one of my go-to Elton album. Definitely, yeah. definitely. It's um, t- tonight. is probably one of the most beautiful songs that he's ever written. I think I started appreciating good recordings around the time that this came out. You can hear a pin drop in that mix. It's mm. just an the amazing emotion in this tune. I, I cry inside for this guy and his frustration with this person who, you know, he just couldn't work it out with. Yeah. Um, Bernie Taupin really had his finger on the pulse of, of different mood-changing stories, and this is one of them. <laughs> one well, he horse town. A, he's got such a chemistry with Elton, and you can't you can't uh, overstate that because yeah, if yeah. you just look at his lyrics on the page, I mean they're interesting words, but you, uh, I don't know, with the way that they're able to, uh, let's face it, there's oh, the way he part- just verbalizes what, yeah. what he puts down, just how he can emote that, you know, in a completely different way than if you just read it. That's yeah. exactly it. And their songwriting partnership is so amazing, right? The lyrics are first. Yes. Bernie like gives out a stack of lyrics. He goes through them, and if something strikes him, he writes a tune for it. It's incredible. It's almost and unique. The trust in that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Here I've created this. Do with it what you will. I mean, okay. It's definitely a lot of trust. And I'll give Elton a lot of credit because he always, always has credited Bernie. I mean, you. How many lyricists appeared on their album covers, or you know, on the inside right. of the, you know, Elton's right. always like this. This guy is just as important as I am, writing these songs. You know what I mean? So I, I always gave Elton a lot of respect for the Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy. You know, I mean, the, <laughs> that's them. The yeah, if you the think lyricists. About it, that, yeah. That's that's their personalities too. Right. Bernie always wanted to be a cowboy. I mean, just look at, at Tumbleweed Connection. Right. You know, <laughs> Rocket Westies. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty pretty remarkable. All right, so I, I got to come clean here, guys. I, Lou, you already know this. Blue Moves was an album I did not like for a long time, and it was because I just didn't... Uh, when it came out, I was... Well, I was little when it came out, but when I first heard it, I it, another double album, you know what I was looking for? I was looking for Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Part 2, and this is not that. So my first listen through it, I was like, oh, what? No, 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 I don't like this. So I ignored this album for a long... I used to say, Blue Moves sucks. Blue Moves is where Elton Elton lost it with Blue Moves. Know, we, had he, some, we had some words about it. Yeah, that. we did. And, and so <laughs> so Lou and I were discussing this album, and Lou's like, no, Blue News is really good, dude. Go back and listen to it. Go back and listen. I'm like, come on, man. That album sucks. What are you talking about? So I, I did. I went back and listened to it, and I went, oh, holy shit, what an idiot I am. You know, so I, I, now I'm a huge convert. I love the record. Love it. Went out and got the vinyl. It, yeah, it, everything you guys are saying about it is really great. And again, the deeper tracks are so cool. I love Chameleon. It's just really strong. The only song I really knew off of this was Sorry Seems to Be the Hardest Word and Tonight. I think those were the only two major songs off it. So it's not one of those albums that... You can point to and say he's got tons of hits off this. It's not. It really flies under the radar because yeah. the critics took a shit on it too. Well, the critics kind of shit on Elton 
a lot anyway. But this one, they really took a dump on. So, it again, it just flew under the radar. But, yeah, no, now I'm a convert. I really, really love Blue Moves. Yeah, thanks, thanks to you, Lou. I do appreciate that. All right. Bite Your Lip, Get Up and Dance is probably the, yeah. one of the – it was one of the first two songs that got me to – just taught me to be completely lost in music. Yeah. Um, right. You know, to kind of just dance like nobody's watching and sing like nobody's yeah. listening. It's that, that that was one of those songs. Just, you know, just get up and fucking dance. Yeah. Idol, which is about Elvis. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you know, plus, you know, and his. He was an idol then. Now he's an idol here. But his face has changed. He's not the same. His piano work on it, so smooth and jazzy and, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I have to admit, I, it was like, do I pick Blue Moves or do I pick Goodbye Yellow Brick Road? I knew you guys were going to pick that, so I figured I would go. <laughs> well, there you go. That makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So, Lou, what's your number five? That would be Mad Men Across the Water. Mm-hmm. But is it in your conscience that you're Paul Buckmaster's arrangement for this record made me appreciate strings and rock. Hmm. Um, side one is a perfect album side. Tiny Dancer. Levon. What a song! I mean, Bernie, Levon Bernie, kills me, man. It it does. It kills me. It, it Those puts lyrics. me in a mood. Yeah. All day too. It changes my mood. Yeah. Razor Face, another you know oh, good song. Face. But then Mad Men at the end of that is just another great example of a mood altering song. It's mm-hmm. I get synesthesia. Uh, they call it synesthesia, where you know, like you can. I mean. It, that's where the hair, hair kind of stands up on the back of your neck and on your arms. I yeah. get that from this song, right. especially from the string arrangements are amazing. There's an alternate version of this song. I think it's on um, it's on a Rarities album. That's yes. Equally as good and eerie. That's all I got about that one. But yeah, that's my number five, and I'm sticking with it. 
Yeah, I love that record too. You know what? You know what? One I really love, and that it's all the nasties. If it came to pass, the day should ask. What could I tell them? Would they criticize behind my back? Maybe I should let them. Yeah. The way he starts to sing, that the melody that he puts to those words, da, 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 already he's getting, he's, it's getting to me, I'm feeling it. And then by the time it ends, it turns into like this gospel, you know, oh my soul, and I'm just riding the wave. I, just like you, Lou, like you're describing, I get so into the music when I'm, I just, I'm lost in it. And I just, I just totally, it's like a tidal wave. I just get washed away with it. Yep. Great, great, great record. And it's so great that it is also my number five, Man Man <laughs> Across the Water. Um, my mom had a, a, a clutch of Elton records. She didn't have this one. So this is one I got as I, I when I decided I was going to get an Elton, I went back and got the old catalog. So this was one I'm like, wow, I love this one. Why didn't I have this one? You know. So, but uh, yeah, this is this is my number five as well. I absolutely adore this record. So I guess we're moving on now to Susan. Your number four. It's Madman. <laughs> <laughs> you know what to say? Um, we've said it. The, those listen. The opening notes that he plays on Tiny Dancer, take me, take me. That's it. There's nothing to say. There's nothing to say. Yeah. I'd love to see and hear that, that song get a big time revival in uh, Almost Famous. Right. I have to go home. Count the headlights on the highway. You are home. The bus scene is, uh, Mm. that that bus scene is iconic. And I just, I love that movie just about as much as I love this album. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, for me, I always it, Levon always just uh, that song just gets to me, man. I I I, I can't explain yeah. it, but yeah. yeah. Well, you have a son, you know, yeah. and so yeah. you know it, that's yeah. really what it is. Is I connect to it on you know on a father's level, yeah, um, more than a son's level now, right? And I, what I I did that song in the show I was telling you about, um, oh. which I called by the way, becoming fantastic, Elton in America, nineteen seventy to seventy five, fantastic. Um, so I did, I did leave on, and it was very clear to me that I had to sing it as a mother, hmm. you know? It would absolutely work. Yeah. Totally. Yep. Yeah. Great. Lou, you're number four. Well, that's going to be Blue Moves.
<laughs> Which we've already talked about. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We, yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're going to have overlap. I mean, oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's just definitely. that's just how it's going to that's just how it's going to go. So my number four, this is the first Elton John album I ever heard. It was my mother's. She played it a ton. I heard it a ton. It's always stuck with me from 1972 Honky Chateau. <laughs> Immediately, like, like Elton usually starts off his 70s albums with a bit like that first track is always going to grab you. It, it's the, his best albums do that. And Honky Cat, Honky Cat Man, dun, 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 that jumpy piano, he's got me right away. You know, I, 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 I just love that song. And he does this, he almost, he doesn't quite sing in a Cajun accent, but he kind of gives you that feel of, of Louisiana. You know, I mean, it, it, and, and Bernie's lyrics are kind of. They're kind of goofy. I couldn't understand. That's another thing, too. A lot of times I couldn't understand what the hell Elton was singing. So I was glad they always had the lyric sheets so I could read what he was saying. Because, you know, then you just make up your own words. You do that all the time with him. Uh, Mellow. Great song. Great. What a follow-up. I, I love that song. Um, and one of my very, it probably, if I, I don't know off the top of my head, but if I was ranking songs, Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's is one of, it, it's right up there. Grow my own, my own seed shall be sown in New York City. Subway's no way. Another just move. He's so good at writing a moving ballad, taking Bernie's words and turning it into a moving ballad. That's another song. It's another. It's another song that well, Elton fans know that song. It wasn't a big hit, but Elton fans know that song. You know, and when he plays, yeah, oh yeah, that that's another one that gets me. So, yeah, Honky Chateau, a very very important record for me. My number four. I um, didn't really hear Honky Chateau until way later because of the damage that Greatest Hits albums do. I'm very, very anti-Greatest Hits albums, but I own them. And um, this is why, is because I had Rocket Man on it, so I thought that I didn't need to listen to that album. And it took me years to hear the rest of it, and it is a very, very good album. And I think it's gonna be long, long time well, as I said, it was the first Elton John album in my household. My father wanted 
on the Point Pleasant boardwalk in Jersey, in New Jersey. Uh, it had that little that little tab on it. Do you remember it on the on the vinyl? Yes, yes, right? yes. Little tab to close it. <laughs> um, yeah, just, you know, just a stellar album. And what can you say about Rocket Man, the song? I mean, Come good, on. good grief! You cannot be in a bad mood when that song is on. It's you. I mean, anything. It's it, the most horrible thing could have just happened to you. But if Rocket Man comes on the radio, you know you're going to start singing it to yourself at least. You know, while you're washing the blood off your hands and clothes. But <laughs> you know, it's it, it it's impossible to stay mad. Yeah, just an, that's an incredible track. I <laughs> I, I don't know, uh, Space Oddity or Rocket Man. I don't. They're they're almost two sides of the same coin. I can't. I don't. I almost don't know which yeah. one I like better. Two different moods, though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, so I guess we move on to our number threes, Susan. Uh, number three, um, I have eleven seventeen seventy here, and there are so many reasons. I think because as a performer, it just captures the energy and the you said it before the showmanship and the the, the brilliance of live performance for me, you know, and and what I aspire to every single time I get on the stage. Plus, I think it's friggin' badass singing and playing, you know? It's, it's there the are core. no flubs on that album at all. Mm. I mean, really, they it's it's played perfectly through, and I heard it's not overdubbed. And Elton is an underrated vocalist. He is. You don't, very, very you don't hear him mentioned much in, like, top rock singers, but I'll tell you what, he, he can deliver a lyric. sure back yes. then definitely he had yeah. a hell of a range now he's kind of all in the same you know can you feel the yeah nerves? well he kind of ha- he had to do that uh, you Madonna, know though yeah 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 but i still i still think he pulls it off pretty well even with his singing in that lower register he's still able to get the emotion across oh absolutely. absolutely but yeah yeah in the 70s wow what a singer quite a soul singer honestly and you you know i hear on that album in particular a lot of Ray Charles influence mm-hmm. in his singing. Um, what have I got to do to make you love me? Huh? What have I got to do to make you care? What do I do when lightning strikes me? And I wake up and find that you You know, I gave that to a um, a student of mine once. He was a young gospel player. And I, you know, I just wanted him to know what he could do because he had that raw gift that he could just sit down at a keyboard and play anything. And I said, this is what you can, uh, this is what you can do with it. 
you know, and I felt like I was giving him gold. I don't know whether he even listened to it, but I felt like I was giving him gold. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's just a great live album. Again, we talked about what those three pieces could do and nothing else to be said. But it, for me as a performer, it's it's very aspirational. All right. Anything more to say on that one, Lou? No, I agree. Yeah, I, I do too. Like I said, I've only listened to it once. I, you know, I, I've never been a huge live record guy or, or I, I pick my, I've always picked my spots with them and uh, I, I the only live Elton John album I've ever owned is the, the live in Australia which I do like but uh yeah that's yeah, something a hell of a hell of a record too it is but but I love the I, I I did like besides besides the honky tonk women I, I did like that album a lot so yeah it'll definitely become part of my as I'm I find as I'm growing older live records are become are appealing to me more. You know, sometimes you get the very best versions of the songs from the right. live performances. And right. uh, I, I, I'm more... Song Remains the Same is yeah. a perfect example of that. Great. <laughs> I, I want to also point out, Can I Put You On? Yes. His playing on that is just... Um, right, you say Ray Charles. I work for the founder for a penny and a half a day. Like a blind street musician, I never see those who pay. It's a dirty work in Birmingham. Better deal for a Sheffield man. If he can rip it, then his kids can buy. From the candy man. Yeah. It's Ray Charles, you know. It's yeah, yeah. So influenced. Elton's got the blues, too. It's not yeah. just that's just soul and you know it's bluesology that yeah was his first his first gig yep very good all right lou you're number three number three the bespeckled bearded hairy rock of the westies That's an interesting pick. I that's another one where it's almost a perfect album. There's really not. I mean, Dan Dare, okay, but there's not really any skippers on that album. It rolls like a freight train, and that's after listening to like the the semi easy listening of Captain Fantastic because that <laughs> that came out before it, and we were all expecting that. You know, more of that coming out, and you know, <laughs> Captain Fantastic had all the books and the the. That that gigantic drawing on the gatefold that you could just get into for four hours of uh, you know of just every square inch. It was like the first time I saw naked boobs. Yeah, uh, you know, was 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 on that album. You know, yeah, and, and, you yeah. Know, that was the thing, wasn't it? Right, you got the re you got your record and you poured over that cover, no matter what oh, it yeah. was. Yeah. And you, you're, you let your imagination run on it too. Just every every inch of it. And boy, Elton gave you some album covers to look at. He really did. Yeah. Um, but Rock of the Westies, that album is a rolling freight train. I mean, there's a little dip in the middle with Feel Like a Bullet. And I feel like a It's just 
funky and driving all the way through. It was he wanted to change his sound. He changed his sound. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. I, yeah, we get Roger Pope and, you know, he's a different clock to that band now. Mm-hmm. Right. And Kenny Passarelli is an awesome bass player, but he's I miss D. Murray on it. Yes. But it's different. James Newton Howard makes his debut on this. He would go on to produce how many great soundtracks and everything else. Yeah. You know, the guy's a musical genius as well. He definitely surrounds himself with stellar musicians. Feed me. interesting (laughs) the two i knew off of this was island girl which I remember hearing that on the radio and that even though he's singing it in a goofy accent, I always kind of liked that one too. And uh, gross and funky Roan, That's a rocker. Dan Dare too though doesn't do it doesn't do it <laughs> it, gets, it it's my uh, what was that Iron Maiden song we were talking about or was like yeah it gets grading yeah this yeah. one gets grading too. yeah, I just like the uh, the wah wow 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 wow. <laughs> I like the the wah on the on the guitar on that one. Definitely. So yeah. Definitely. So yeah, that's my pick for number three. All right. Anything else you want to say on that one, Susan? Rock of the Westies. You know what I want to say about that? That to me is always um, a miracle album because I had strep throat. I will never forget. And, you know, I was in bed. I grew up having strep throat. I, and Lou knows <laughs> knows my apartment where I lived growing up. And my grandmother and grandfather came in from having gone to two guys in Jersey City. And they bought me Rock of the Westies. It had just dropped. And I listened to it. And lo and behold, I was cured, at least for the period of listening to it. <laughs> And I swear to God, it was like, I remember feeling everything lifting as I listened to that album. Can't beat that. Yeah. <laughs> Rock is medicine. Yeah. Number three is an album that my mom had. So I heard this one a lot. And we've already touched on this one from seven, 1974, Caribou. I love this album. And it's just like you, Lou. I was allowed to sing The Bitches Back. So you Wasn't know I awesome? sang that. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was four years old when this came out. So, you know, I'm not even in kindergarten yet. And I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. I can bitch. I can bitch. <laughs> I'm a bitch. 
She loved it. She thought it was hilarious just watching me do that because she gave me permission to do that. But this album is just loaded with with tracks. This is almost a, a damn near perfect album. This one, I would have a hard time finding my stinky stinker on this one. And a lot of cool, cool deep tracks. I love, um, uh, I've seen the saucers. I love that one. Um, a, a Pinky. A, a Grimsby. Jeez, I, I could probably just talk about all these stupid... Ticking! Holy cow! This one uh, ends so... <laughs> it's <laughs> unbelievable. Prestige Agamon. Yeah. I don't know what uh, he's singing, <laughs> but it sounds good. Every time I good. heard that song, I randomly like get looks because I can't help but break out into a few bars. <laughs> yeah. Sola Prestige Oh, my cherry, oh, my Pour up for tea. Come on, everybody. Yeah. Sola Prestige Agamon. <laughs> awesome, awesome song. Yeah. Today, and- my wife is really convinced that I'm out of my mind, and this is one of the reasons. <laughs> And this one's got a like a wide variety of styles. Styles you got the hard rock, you know, bitches back. You've got the 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 Latin or whatever flavor of Solar Prestige. You've got the the Dixie Lily. It's got the little countryish thing yeah, vibe in there. You know, Stinker is a basically a blues song. You know, and then you've got that really singer-songwriting ticking. You know, it, it, it runs the gamut. This is Elton is just—he's absolutely the top of his game here, right? This is just coming off Yellow Brick Road, right? Is this the follow-up? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's—he's he's still at the peak of his power. It's an incredible record. Yeah, stinker. When I hear Tower of Power, I think of that song. Yes. Mm. Um, just amazing horns on that whole album. I've seen the saucers. Oh, I love that song. It's about getting abducted. Yeah, and how crazy he feels. <laughs> uh, you're so stat- Cassinets, and you you're so static. Yeah. <laughs> I have a constant ache in the morning light from the time of the night before. You were hungover, Elton. Bernie, <laughs> you were hungover, Bernie. Yeah. You got your yeah. watch stolen. Yeah. <laughs> Think awesome. about though how prophetic ticking was. Oh my. Oh yeah. I uh, mean the oof. visuals you get from that song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It play out like a movie almost. Yeah. Yeah. An extremely quiet child. They called you in your school report. He's always taken interest. In the subjects that he's told So what is it that all 
you know, you get to know every character in there. Yeah. You, you know, it's, and then like every even... other week you hear about a ticking type event on the, yeah. you know, in the news or real right. event. You can feel that schizophrenic killer's desperation and he, the, the violent suicide by cop mm -hmm. thing that followed him, you know, after he slaughtered the bar. Throw out your gun, walk out slow. Just keep your hands held high. But they pumped you full of rifle shells as you stepped out the door. Yeah. They yeah. pumped you full of rifle shells as you stepped out the door. Oh, you danced in death like a marionette on the vengeance of the law. I mean, yeah. It, it goes right through your chest. It's, and isn't it's it remarkable just... that he, he makes you feel for the killer? He yeah. makes you feel for him yeah. just as much as the victims, if yeah. not more. You know, right. it, Much it, more so, I think, yeah. than Jer Jeremy by Pearl Jam. This is much more empathetic and heartrending. Yeah. I think a lot of that is also the way that Elton sings it, too. All right. Now we can move on to number two. Susan, what's your number two? My number two is Tumbleweed Connection. been there the songs have always been there but i think in more recent years for me i really really began to have them live in me you know I, I, just uh the americana but again let's go back to blues and soul um bernie brought his you know that whole love of the west and all that stuff but i don't know i mean it's just some gorgeous music incredible playing Come Down in Time is just a lovely, lovely ballad. It's a beautiful song. Come down in time and I'll meet you have a way. Um, you know, and then you go to the second side, the B side, and it's Amarina and... and burn down the mission i mean i don't know i i feel very close to that album and i don't feel like i have the right to because i'm just a city kid like with you know concrete <laughs> through my veins and i'm you know i've never been a, a, a much of a fan of country music sung as country music but if elton sings it it's a different thing. If Ray Charles, again, the Ray Charles. Or Stones or, or yeah. some, if, 
Right. Yeah. I, I get yeah. that. Yeah. See, I like authentic country. What I mean by that is like, I don't know, I guess older. Like, give I, I very much appreciate your Willies and Waylands and sure. Johnnies and George Jones. Like, the, the today's country music isn't country music. It's just, it's like this mass produced pop stuff. Throw it's a little rock pedal with a fiddle. Yeah. Or pop with a fiddle. Throw a little pedal steel on there and it's a country yeah. tune. You know, yeah, it's right. just, yeah. Yeah, but a real authentic country music. You know, going back to Hank Williams. Right. Derived from exactly there. That's country comfort. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Harmonies. What a great song. Uh, you know, I mean, that's about as authentic as you can get. Yeah. And it's good old country comfort. I love where to now, St. Peter. Oh, my you know, God. I took myself a blue canoe. And I floated like a song got me thinking about catechism you know remember all the, the, the songs in like 70s catechism you know for for uh communion training for for you non-catholics out there i'm a recovering roman catholic um same i um i just remember hearing it saying wow these sounds like the songs that we're singing in catechism and you know it just made me sing louder in class actually so That, that was a good thing, I guess. That's yeah. one of my favorite tunes. Yes, yeah. mine yeah. too. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, the instrumental section of Burn Down the Mission, when it comes, when you dun, 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 I feel uh-huh. such exhilaration when the percussion kicks in and it just gets moving. You know what I mean? You, oh, oh, yeah. Boy, I, that's, that's the best way I can describe it. I just feel the sense of exhilaration because the song prior to it is uh, amazing. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden it just turns into this, Ah, you know, again, the gospel type influence comes in, and right. it just yeah. that was that was the I said there was one of two songs that got me into the lost in the music thing, and that was it. That was burnt the end of burn down the mission. I mean, you know, I used to pound on the side of my mattress like it was a piano during the jam, and um, it I just I would get completely lost in it, and you know, talk about a lifetime of uh, embarrassing underwear air guitar moments throughout my life, uh, <laughs> witnessed and walked in and by like my mother and aunts and grandmother, now my wife, you know, this this started it. I mean, I was slamming on the side of that bed like it was Elton Steinway. It's I just I was completely lost in it. It was yeah. great. It was it was. It,
it was my way of altering my reality at, yeah. at, at the time. Yeah. Elton's so good, he makes you play air piano instead <laughs> right, of air guitar exactly. or air drums. <laughs> and I, let me also mention that you've got some really cool singers on that album, backup singers. Dusty Springfield does backup on that album. What's the woman who wrote um, Love Song? Um, Leslie Duncan, mm. of course, you know, so it's really, really interesting. I, I do quite love it. Yeah. Okay. Lou, you're number two. My number two is, surprise, surprise, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Album so good it had to have two of them. <laughs> the, the art, the cover of that mm. album is mm. enough to dive into. Just it was a precursor to Captain Fantastic as far as like little shit to notice and look at in an album cover. Uh, all of those different, you know, all the different songs had a, a different illustrator do almost every one of them. Or uh, oh, on the gatefold, in the gatefold. Oh right? yeah, well, yeah. I would just sit, pour over that, or just have it like kind of tented over my head as I had oh, the speakers, yeah. you know, next to my head and just lay on the floor and just listen to this album. It was, it was amazing. It was just a funeral for a friend. God, it's one of the greatest songs written of all time, I think. Yes. Um, I mean, that's a whole side one is a perfect album. Side. Yes, it is. Win Benny yeah. and the Jets. And then yep. Yep. I think that's a perfect album one because you got Yellow Brick Road on. The, oh, no, we're not because, uh, well, song has no title. I, mean, did I love that. Let me drink deeply from the water and the wine. Like colored candles in dark, dreary mines. Look in the mirror and stare at myself And wonder if that's really me on the shelf Simplicity of just Elton and Bernie's words. Again, mm -hmm. no drums, no bass. It was just him. Yep. Um, Ray Seals, and uh, uh, another one that was uh, that, that riff in there. The what a piano riff. Soaring chorus. Um, I, I think Pearl Jam got in hiding influenced by this song, Gray Seal. Mm. Jamaica mm. Jerk Off, um, that was the skipper on this record. I just, I didn't get into it at the time and I still kind of don't. I know why they wrote it now because of the robbery that happened in Jamaica that, uh, where they stole all the equipment. They went down there to go record this album and yeah. all the equipment got stolen. So they had to come back. But then I've seen that movie too. Is, yeah. I mean, well, 
I've already I've previously discussed my to, my closet love of tort songs, and this is what sparked that. As a singer in bands and things like that, I love to practice this because it was a great warm up. I I just such great poetry in it. Side three, sweet painted lady, um, Danny Bailey. Bum, bum. Yep. You know, every time <laughs> I walk past the piano, I have to do that. It's probably the only thing I know how to do on a piano. Another outlaw story. I seriously thought this is a real, it, it's not a real story, is it? It was, some, you know, Danny Bailey's a made up I character. think it's a fictional, yeah, yeah. I, I, I had no idea what a still was at 10 or why cops were hassling this poor guy. Dirty little girl. And then All the Girls Love Alice is probably one of my favorite songs on this album. And if I give you my number, will you promise to call me? Wait till my husband's A 10-year-old Lewis couldn't put two and two together on this one. And I really thought it was about Alice Cooper. <laughs> uh, they were friends. They were all friends. David Bowie, Alice Cooper, Elton John, all my favorite rock stars were all went to rock star work and they punched the clock or whatever and they made records and they were all friends. You know, but <laughs> your sister can't twist, but she can rock and roll. I mean... This is the one skipper for me, um, half because I couldn't wait for the next song. Saturday night's all right for fighting. I just love this song and never tire of it. Uh, no amount of airplay in the world could get me to be sick of this song. I just, I, it, even though it's a hit, I just sing it like it's just balls out every time. Roy 
Roy Rogers yeah. was a skipper on this album. But Social Disease, which I had ignored as a child listening to it, but as an adult, I totally appreciate the song more, way more than Little Lewis. You know, they're getting bombed for breakfast in the morning and bombed for dinner time and tea. It's like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, the social disease. The social disease. <laughs> you you got to do that with him when he does that. <laughs> yep. Um, and Harmony, another one of my vocal practice songs. Just really just a, another heart-wrenching love song. Gee, I really love you. Want to love you forever. Hello. Hello. Baby, hello Haven't seen your face for a while Have you quit doing time for me? Or are you still the same spoiled child? <laughs> hello And again, <laughs> another friggin' awesome tort song Going down that list Makes me want to put this back in my top <laughs> top five Where I had it initially See now what, I mean? what you're doing? See? <laughs> yep I can't emphasize enough how much this album is a you mentioned dna earlier susan this is woven into my dna benny and the jets i think if 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 you put a gun to my head if the ticking guy came up to me put his gun to my head and say quick what's your favorite elton john song it's probably benny and the jets Overplayed as it is, that's like you. I never ever get sick. All I gotta hear is that dun, that first chord. Oh wow, shit! You know exactly Here it comes. What it is. Here it comes. Yeah. <laughs> and it, you can usually it, tell by the crowd noise. It's just so simple. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I mean, it's, it's almost as simple musically as it gets. But I, I just can't describe how much that song. When I was a kid, I'm a you know. That's all I did. That's all I wanted to do when I was living. Benny and the Jets. And hiss it out like a snake. That song just, I, I never, ever get tired of it as much as I've heard it. And you're right. That first side is incredible. Uh, Funeral for a Friend. Then it goes into Love Lies Bleeding, which is just a pounding piano rock song, oh, yeah. which is just amazing, too. Candle in the Wind. I, I, I love this. For, actually, I, I like the live version he does later on with just piano and him. The version live in Australia, even with oh, the deeper yeah. voice, I think beats 
the, the the studio version, but I still I still love it. The the, the song is just incredible. Even when you die Oh, the press still hounding you All the papers had to say Well, the Marilyn was found in the news Seems to me You ran down the track list. So I'm not going to do that, but I'm just going to pick out I happen to love Roy Rogers. It makes me, it makes me uh, nostalgic. It just, it, it makes me wistful. Way, the way and I just another one I sing almost all of these choruses even the ones that I recognize are kind of weaker tracks Jamaica Jerk Off is a weaker track I still love it right. there's not a it's Yeah. yeah, there's not a track on this album that I don't look. Come on, Jamaica. I'm going to do what's it. What's really amazing is even after like not listening to this album for 10 or so years or whatever, I could put it on and I could sing every word. Yeah. And and, and now in my adult brain, since they've been marinating for, for for so long, it's like I'm actually understanding the 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 meanings to the songs going, wow, he was a dirty fucker. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, I have a friend quite a, a female activist. And uh, she said years ago, she was like, I hate that album. And I was appalled, of course. <laughs> and she said, it's such a misogynistic album. And I mean, if you like, if you look down the tracks and you look at the lyrics, all right, but that doesn't mean that the, the songwriters have ascribed to those feelings themselves. They're telling stories. They're, Painting portraits, That's you know. Exactly it. Yeah, even Dirty Little Girl. I mean, Dirty Little Girl shocked me as a kid. Yeah, it shocked me. Even that little illustration near the lyrics. Right. Right. Shocked. Yeah. And should that be? That should right. be. That and I got be. to sing "Bitch" again, so I loved that song yes. too. Yeah. And one more thing before we move on from Yellow Brick Road, we were talking about how Elton is an underrated vocalist. Just try and sing. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road, the title track. Oh, try and do it. it. Try and do it right now. Unbelievable vocal performance on that yeah. song. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. adore that song. And I and I adore this album. Yeah, great, great pick. I want to uh, also say that. Just yesterday, you know, it was Princess Diana's, would have been her uh, 60th birthday. So I thought, well, let me look at his, uh, Elton's performance of uh, Goodbye, England's Rose, or whatever the rewritten lyrics were, right? And so I yeah. watched the video, and let me tell you what, his performance of that at her funeral was so gorgeous. It was so understated. It's quite Beautiful. I would definitely recommend taking a look at the video of it. Think of the pressure that uh, he was oh, under yeah. 
just performing that song. First of all, his, one of his best friends. Friends. Dead. Yeah. yeah. Right. He's also singing in front of the Queen of Frickin' England, and there was not one flub in it. Nope. It's stunning. Yeah. It's stunning. Yeah, yeah it is. It, and it just shows what a consummate professional he is, too. Yeah, man. He's just, yeah. just amazing. And then, of course, the record of that, of not, not at the funeral performance, but the record of that song is still, I think it's the top-selling single of all time. Yeah, I think so. All right. So I don't even know where, where <laughs> is, is it my right, turn? Number one. <laughs> is it my well, turn? I, I got to do my number two, right? You got to do your number two. Okay. So I think the, for the three of us, it was very difficult for us to pick our lists of what we were going to, you know, choose. It, for me, it was, except for my number one and my number two. I knew what those were going into this r- right away. So my second favorite Elton John album is Don't Shoot Me, I'm Only the Piano Player. From '73, mm. which I think it came out just a little bit before Yellow Brick Road, right? A couple months before Yellow Brick Road. That's amazing. He was just churning them out. This album is uh, one of my mother's that she played. It means a, a whole lot to me. This is another one, one that just gets me in the feels as soon as I hear Daniel. that and almost get choked up and by the time i get to high flying bird which is a song i really associate with my mother she loved that song we both love that song together i it's hard for me to hear that song now and not tear up And then all the stuff in the middle, they're just so cool. Teacher, I need you. Just you know. oh, teacher, I need you. Like a little child. You got something in you to drive a school for a while. Give it education. Young the love Bounces along. Elderberry wine. Uh, blues for baby and me. God damn it. And it, it, it's a slower one. But again, the, I'm the red, some blues for baby and me. I'm the looks like it never did. Lord, it looks so sweet and so Such sing-along choruses and, you know, have mercy on the criminal. There's our, there's your string section, right? It's still uh, Paul Buckmaster, I believe, is still doing the, yes. the strings on that. You know, just... Uh...
Crocodile Rock. Come on. La, 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 la. Who isn't doing that with him? I'm, I still, if it comes on, another one I've heard a zillion times. It comes on, I'm singing it with him. Yeah, groups of people just start singing that song. It's yep. everybody knows the words and nobody's sick of it. Yep. So yeah. it's just this <laughs> this album this album means the world to me and it is my number 2. I I will tell you I did I read in one of my many Elton books that I've collected over the years that he wrote that song um he wrote the the music to to Bernie's lyrics because he wanted to fashion it on Neil Sedaka's O Carol. And the connection for me, especially since Crocodile Rock was the song that grabbed me, was that my mother sang on O'Carroll. She oh, wow. sang, yeah, she sang the little the, the the little riff at the beginning of the song. Ooh. <laughs> If you sing it against na 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 na, it fits right in. It's the same song, basically. Wow. So wow. it means a lot to me that. <laughs> That's amazing. It's uh it's interesting um what songs Susan's mom, Angela, uh shows up on. She was part of a girl group. As a matter of fact, Susan's got a a, a play. Uh is it in the works or is it actually produ- uh, produced the the play was we produced the play. Um, I'm trying now to produce it as a film. I've de- adapted it into a film. It's called Girl Group about my mother. That's fantastic. So all right. Yeah. So she she sang with some cool people: Neil Sedaka, Carol King. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hell, hell of a life. Hell of a story. That's incredible. Yep. Yep. So I so, guess that le- leaves us with our number ones, right? Here we go. Here we go. Susan, what's your number one Elton John record? Um, For many, many reasons, musical and otherwise, it's Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy. You know, it, it's, it's a world to me. I think maybe my, all of my love of Elton John and my fandom, my fanaticism, you know, I was able to find expression in listening to this album, which of course is, you know, autobiography as music. My sense of theater, you know, because I then of course went into the theater, the package of it, the like you said, the booklets and the poster and the artwork and um, and then of course there is you know the the world of of Elton and Bernie, and feeling like I could be in their lives or travel with them, um, not only in terms of the story, 
but in terms of the music, I mean, where the music takes me when I listen to that. So, yeah, Captain Fantastic. Very good. That was the album uh, in the book that we actually got to see the story of Elton John and Bernie and how they had that that graphic novel in there that um, gave the story. And so, yeah, we got a little more insight to how, you know, Elton was put together. And I think from that turned out to uh, put us on our great quest. And I've never fulfilled it, which is to find the album Lady Samantha. That was one of the the yeah. um and yeah we were always like where can we find this album it was never it was it wasn't sold in the United States and we didn't we, you know we're little kids we don't know about import albums or anything else so we're like hounding the record store for this this mythic Lady Samantha album that came out right after Caribou I think right it was it was like a greatest hits album but all we saw was Lady Samantha and we saw a different cover on in some Teen Beat magazine or whatever and and then that we it was confirmed in in this you know that it existed it was like the Robert Johnson's lost song or something where you know we did this mythic Elton John album that I never got and then um Years later, I saw Friends in a, a flea market, and I flipped out. I was like, ooh, this is it, because it had Lady <laughs> Samantha on it, but I was wrong. But I bought it anyway, and it was a decent album, but it was, it, I mean, it was like an EP, because the other side was like a soundtrack, so I was, it, it, but it, it, it had a decent A side, I guess. But that, that's what I got about that. I'm sorry, I babbled. <laughs> this album for me did not grab me immediately when I heard it. This one actually had to grow on me. It's really only got one major hit, right? Someone Save My Life Tonight, which is, that's yeah, right. an incredible, phenomenal track. It's four o'clock. But the rest of them, they're, it's it's an, kind of an odd album because it, it does go back to the singer-songwritery stuff and right. they mix it in with some of the, the big rock productions. And there, there's no, uh, these don't have the, the, the big, big hooks like, say, A I, Yellow Brick Road does. I wish they would have pushed Meal Ticket mm. harder as a single yeah. because that would have been a great, you know, but then again, you would have been lying to your fan base if you made that the first single because then they would have thought that all of the, the fluffy tunes that were on there I call them fluffy tunes. They're more, you know, romantic, slower ballad tunes and stuff like that. And then you got two rockers on the on the album. Yeah. And that's it. 
Yeah. And right. So the songs I do like on that album, I love on that album. But the songs that I skip over, I kind of really just ignore. Yeah. So the, like I said, this album had to grow on me, but it did. I, I love yeah. it now. I mean, now it's, you know, yeah. and I, now I love it. It's part it's part of the canon, right? The, 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 the 70s Elton canon. I love the title track, too. Yes. That one is, I remember, but where I remember first hearing that going, Ooh, this is different. Like, like usually out bam hits you with, with the, with the first track, right? This one doesn't do that. It kind of slides in, you know, it has, it has you know, that acoustic guitar and he's telling the story. Right. And I'm just, boy, this is, this is not what I'm used to. And I can't believe this came on the heels of caribou. You right. know what I mean? But, but it, it did end up growing on me. And, and now I, now I do love the album, but. I think, like I said, it, for me, it's it's a world to enter yeah. into. Because again, yeah. to drop another album's name, the Elton John album, how do you how do I not include that? But this was this was sort of the culmination, the spiritual culmination of my uh, relationship with this musician, this this being that you know, obviously, I, I didn't know. That's a great way to word it too, because the album actually is the spiritual culmination of Bernie and Elton. Yeah. This, you know, this it's like the summary of their working relationship. So when and when you view it that way, the songs that's how they opened up to me. Once I did a little bit of read, because I, I, this album is pretty highly regarded among Elton fans and and critics. And when I first heard, I'm like, boy, what what am I missing? And then I read up a little bit about it, and then I, I okay, they're talking about themselves. And once I was able to project that into the songs they opened up to me a lot more and all right i get it now i get it now it's 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 a di they're going for a different vibe and it does work it, it works when you view it in that context captain fantastic the song plays out like a spaghetti western doesn't it it's vast it tells a story but it brings you on this little journey yep it does yeah. okay lou number one um, I think I've alluded to it. It was the first album or it was the first thing that I've ever heard from Elton John. It was Caribou. Mm. Um, Caribou is my favorite album. It is a perfect album. And it's every song, every single song has significance, meaning, and just stellar playing on it. Bitches Back. Uh, we, we spoke about it before. Um, Grimsby. I never knew where the sluice was, but I knew that Elton John <laughs> wanted to put something in it. Dixie Lily. You know, I learned it phonetically. And uh, I had no idea what he was really saying. I never really read those lyrics where he's talking about down by Louisiana on a Vicksburg yeah. run. Yeah, like, I read the lyrics the and I didn't understand saying? what he was saying. <laughs> I read the lyrics and I didn't understand what he was saying. I was four. See, I mean, we, we kind of went through all of this. Ticking. I mean, I just love it. it. It's possibly one of my favorite Elton John songs. And it, I I can recite it. You know, if it comes on, I will be singing a lot. And people look at me like, how do you know this? You know, it, it's like Charlotte's Web. I could recite that, too. Yeah. It's it, just something that I grew up with. Oh, one we didn't talk about was Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. Another gorgeous ballad. 
Yes. Maybe a little, maybe a little bit overplayed. It's like the sun going down on me. I don't know, but I, I even like the George Michael version where he pulls Elton in. You know, I, I thought George Michael did a good job singing it. I, I think that he was his did. favorite Elton song. Elton's version is classic, and yes. I still don't get sick of it. It's really weird I how I, 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 how I get horrible, horrible earburn from some really good albums, but everything Elton just kind of it, it. I can go with the flow with you know, no matter how overplayed it is, I'm still tapping my foot and singing along. I agree too. Put on your song right now, and I'm—I hope you don't mind. I'm singing it. I, right. I, 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 I doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good point, Lou. I can't think of many artists where I have zero earburn, even on the right. major hits. Yeah. Right. So. Well, I mean, you know, after this period, then yeah, no, there's there's some Elton that I cannot listen to. Um, you know, I don't want to go on yeah. with you like that is one of them, and it's it, or you know anything off of. Uh, I can't even give you examples because I, I really, you know, I kind of tuned him out after he became that guy. Yeah. You know, I call him cocaine Elton. Yeah. It's cocaine Elton. And then recovered Elton. <laughs> recovered Elton got better. Yeah. He did. But, you know, then again, it was, again, it was so ubiquitous that it's like, I can't listen to the Lion King. Yeah. I can't, you know, I've well, been he to really Disney. became adult <laughs> contemporary, which, right. you know, your mileage may vary with that stuff. I, b- right. But, yeah. It, yeah, and it kind of reminds me of my own mortality. So there yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, for me, you guys already know what my number one is. We've talked about it. We, we've we've gone deep into that album already. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. It's it's. I know every single note of that album. You could play, you know, name that tune. You could play one note off of any song in that, and I I know what it is right away. Bang, yeah. I got it. So it's just, uh, it, it's one of my favorite albums of all time, always will be. It's just, it's it's magic for me when it, I hear it. It really is. I had a shootout between Caribou and Goodbye Yellow Brick Road for number one. And it just, Caribou eked out because there are some skippers on, on Yellow Brick Road for me. Yeah, and there, is, there isn't for me. I, I even recognize some of the lesser tracks, yeah. but I, not, I, I can't skip anything on that. I mean, I when I'm saying skipper, it's it's in the lightest heart of Valley, there's nothing on that album that I just can't stand and I can't listen to at all. Yeah. But if I'm skipping anything, I'm skipping, skipping Jamaica jerk off and Roy Rogers. All right. <laughs> Don't ever skip Roy Rogers people. It's awesome. <laughs> so to do a quick recap of our lists, Susan has at number five, blue moves. Number four, Madman across the water. Number three, 111770. At number two, Tumbleweed Connection. And Susan's favorite Elton John album is Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy. For Lou, at number five, he has Madman Across the Water. Number four, Blue Moves. Number three, Rock of the Westies. Number two, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. And Lou's favorite Elton John album is Caribou. And finally, my list at number five, I have Madman Across the Water. Number four, Honky Chateau. Number three, Caribou. Number two, 
Don't Shoot Me, I'm Only the Piano Player, and my all-time favorite Elton John album is Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. So now that we have given our top five albums, we're going to move on to our final thoughts about Elton John and his music. Susan, how about you? Is there anything else you want to say about Sir Elton John? Ah, I could, you know, go on for hours. Um, (laughs) I listen to Elton, particularly the songs from the albums that we spoke about tonight. And, um, you know, I can be moved to tears simply by what they have meant in my life. And, you know, obviously it's my great dream to to not only meet him, but like, oh, to sing with him. And I actually have a friend who got a call. She's a musician. She got a call when they were doing the 20, was it the 35th anniversary concert at the Beacon? It was a big benefit. And Elton wanted her to do, her and her band to do a song. And, you know, she, she sent me these pictures. She actually did Alice. She sent me these pictures of her with him. And I realized, like, I don't think I could handle it. Like, <laughs> I don't think I could. Not like that kind of weird fangirl, like, ah, Beatles. <laughs> I mean, like, I want to become so good and so self-possessed as a performer and a singer that I could stand next to Elton John and sing with him. I don't think I'm there, but it's a goal. I would have totally Ralph Crand and Shepherd of Future them if that you know just I'm I'm not I'm 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 what song would you like to do Lou Shepherd of Future Yellow Brick Road totally would have fanboyed out yeah I would have too I would wear an Elton skin suit if I was it was legal and not frowned upon. Is that your final thoughts, Lou? Or <laughs> is about all I got. I'm gonna wearing Elton John skin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have the balls to sing. I, I could probably sing with him. Like I, I'm, not, I'm not a good singer, but I, I, if he wanted me to join do a chorus with him, I could probably do, with other voices. I would be. I would have the nerve to do it, but never. I couldn't sing a verse <laughs> with him in my presence. I just couldn't do it. So what else can we say about Sir Elton Hercules John? He's one of the most popular and best-selling musical artists of all time. He sold over 300 million records. He has more than 50 top 40 hits in the UK and US, including seven number ones in the UK and nine in the US. He has awards and accolades up the yin-yang, and I'm not going to list them all. He's a big part of some of my earliest childhood memories. I grew up and got old with Elton John and his music. And as hokey as this is going to sound, he has a special place in my heart, just like I think he does for the three of us. I'm not sure if this podcast exists without him. It's true. I mean, he's he was my first musical love. So thank you, Captain Fantastic. You started it all for me. And from the R4 podcast, D. Murray. Rest in peace. Now we'd like to thank Susan Murphy for coming on the podcast and sharing your Elton John story. I hope you had a good time. <laughs> let's, let's get some applause. Let's have some applause for Susan Murphy. Oh. Thank you. Cool on <laughs> I had the best time. I really did. Lewis, thank you. Uh, you know... I knew this would be right up your alley, and I really wanted to spend a couple hours with you talking about it. So much, exactly. And uh, 
We are joined not only by blood, but by Elton. So there you go. Absolutely. And love you, sweetie. Love you madly. (laughs) And I really thank you guys. I, I, uh, you know, if if I do the Elton show again, becoming fantastic, I will let you all know. And I'll let you know, hopefully, I'm not going to say if, when my movie gets going. Uh, the one that is based on my mother's story. But I thank you so much. This was great. It was a joy. Very good. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. So that's it. I hope you listeners like these bonus episodes. As long as you do, we'll keep them coming. What are your top five Elton John albums? You can let us know at our email, ridiculousrockrecords at gmail.com, our Facebook group page, our Twitter at r4podcasterin, or our Instagram at r4podcaster. We also have a Ridiculous Rock Record Reviews Patreon. If you'd like to become a monthly supporter of the show, go to patreon.com, look us up, and select a tier. And to all the listeners out there, rock on. I guess there's just one more thing, Lou. Give me five.